A lot of times when I talk about referrals, I'm talking about, you know, people who know you and when they hear of someone who needs the thing you offer, then they think about you. Welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad, your cozy corner of the podcasting world, where numbers tell a story and bookkeeping blossoms into an adventure. My name is Rachel Barnett, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast is for bookkeepers who enjoy authentic, unfiltered, and always encouraging friend to chalk shop with. We will be discussing what it's like to own and operate a small bookkeeping business. Hello and welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad. Let's talk about some things that I did that didn't work. I thought that if I would get some postcards and I sent them out, I would get results. I mean, nobody sends postcards. Nobody sends mail anymore. If I sent out marketing mail, surely people will find me. That didn't work. I got talked into buying a postcard list program, whatever the case was. It was a very long time ago. But basically, I found a website where the company said, hey, look, we've got these marketing lists ready to go. We have these postcards, a series of postcards. So they'd send out three or four postcards to the curated list based on your parameters. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. And I I spent a ton of money. It was a ton then and it's a ton now. I'm sure it was more than $1,000. I got one call from that and that call never turned into a client. If I were to go back and talk to myself, I would tell myself that even though nobody sends mail anymore, doesn't mean someone's going to look at my amazing postcard and think, my goodness, this is what I've been looking for, a bookkeeper. So if you're considering it, hey, that's fantastic. I didn't have luck with it. So then I thought, well, the problem wasn't the postcards. The problem was the list. So I was like, I'm going to get my own list. There is a database called InfoUSA. Now, I don't know if this is still in existence or not, but what I did was that I logged into my local library system online. And then from there, I can go to this database, InfoUSA. You could go directly to InfoUSA and pay for access. I didn't have the budget or the desire to do that. So I went through the library, get into InfoUSA, and I pull a list of all the new businesses that were service-based and in my area. This time, I had a curated list. I knew this list. I knew these people were going to be my people. They were a new business after all, and new businesses need bookkeepers. I didn't send them a postcard. I sent them Thanksgiving cards. So I'm sending out these Thanksgiving cards, and I really, really want to stand out. So I got some gel pens, hand wrote messages like, hi, Bob, congratulations on your new business. Call me if you need help with bookkeeping. So I have these Thanksgiving cards that are pre-printed with my business contact info. I've written a personalized message with my kind of sloppy handwriting. I used a fun pen so that it would stand out and it wouldn't look like the sort of thing you had printed and mailed. Let me tell you, handwriting a handful of cards is no big deal. Handwriting a lot of cards is miserable. I didn't realize how much typing I do and how little handwriting I do. Rachel from high school, totally fine. Handwrite all the time. Computers barely existed when I was in high school. I'm that old. My takeaway or my experience here was sending out postcards to people didn't do any good. Making a list that I generated myself because I apparently thought I was superior at list making, writing the cards by hand so that it was more personal. All it did was give me hand cramps and make me think, even all these years later, there's no way I'd ever do that again. As I say that, I am planning to send postcards again. The postcards I'm planning to send now are going to be postcards 
for people who have hired us or communicated with us. My postcards will be appreciation postcards. If you've spent much time around me and through this podcast, you certainly will, you'll notice that a big, big theme in my day and in my life is appreciation and gratitude. And so the postcards I'm going to send will, of course, include a coupon code for people to get training. But more than that, it's going to be a thanks for being there for me. Thanks for taking a chance on me. Thanks for calling me. I'm glad we met. Other things that I have tried with no success, I would set up a booth at small business events. I would get so excited. I would go to the thrift store and get all kinds of stuff to decorate my table. First, I think at this point, we know that I don't talk to people. I don't talk to strangers. I cannot stand there and make small talk. I have no idea how to make bookkeeping interesting at a booth. Like, what am I going to say? You're going to come to the booth and be like, what do you do? And I'll say, well, I'm a bookkeeper and I really like it. And that's it. That's all I can think to say. I really think booths are a great thing for other people. Those are outgoing people with something to say. So much like bucket list items, I can cross booth off of my list and say, well, I tried that and I'm glad I tried that. And now I don't ever have to try that again. I thought I would get crafty and follow leads on social media. So somebody would contact me and and they would want to talk about bookkeeping. And I'll be like, oh my God, a person found me. This is the best. So I would follow their Facebook page, connect with them on LinkedIn, interact with them. All it did was just make me feel awkward. I don't know that it ever resulted in any leads. I'm also not a person that spends a lot of time being professional on Facebook or LinkedIn. All of the posts that you see, anything you see of mine that looks professional, it's 100% Jess. Jess, you'll find on my about page, but she's my VA. She's the person who creates my graphics and creates the nice words to go with it. I'm the person who will post a picture of my jigsaw puzzle and react with a laughing emoji and maybe a wisecrack comment. Now on to things that I'm really glad I did. And I'm, I'm hoping that maybe one of these things sparks something for you. Something that you may have put off or just haven't considered. The first one was that I got my pro advisor. When I got my pro advisor, it was way back before the current model. When I got my pro advisor, you had to pay for it. Like you had to pay for your QuickBooks online, your desktop, the whole thing. It's now free. I really strongly recommend that you get your QuickBooks online pro advisor. It's free. What's the worst that happens? You spend a a bit of time watching some videos, learning how software works. Even before I started my YouTube channel, I had a website. On the website, I would post, how do I, blogs. I thought, you know, I'm I'm never going to write out my thoughts and feelings and all that stuff. My how do I blogs are a thing that we continue to do. Now, when I say we, I secretly mean Jess. I recognize that she tags me as the author in the blogs. Her argument is that she creates the blogs based on my YouTube videos. My argument is that she's the one suffering through writing it out. We agree that I'll be the author and she'll be my ghostwriter. My how do I blogs have been a really, really helpful thing. It's the sort of thing you can do with a little bit of time. Okay, a lot of time, but it doesn't cost any extra money if you have the desire and the patience to write it yourself. Even with my first business, I had a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel has a little bit under 300 videos. What I've been doing with that is just thinking about the questions people ask during training calls. When I'm watching a video, I prefer a video that's short. I do not want to look through the index to see what part of the video I need to skip to to see the thing I care about. So when I create videos, I create short videos. 
I recognize that not everyone does this. Hector Garcia and Seth David, they both create amazing content. They both create very long videos and they both think that's the way to go. So when I tell you that I have a YouTube channel and that I'm happy with it and that it's brought me success, what I'm really telling you is if this sort of thing appeals to you, you can do it and you can create any video of any duration in any way that you want. Things that I'm happy I have done on my YouTube channel include hiring an editor. I make a lot of mistakes. I'll say the words that I don't mean, or I'll say the words that I do mean, but then my, my mind will wander and I'll make it sound like a question. So having an editor has been huge. If you're not in a position to hire an editor for any variety of reasons, Seth David has a really amazing course on how to use Camtasia. I have learned enough about Camtasia to be able to lightly edit my videos. Now, technically, I've learned enough to actually edit my videos, but that's not going to happen. I cannot listen to myself and edit my own content because I will be busy thinking about how I can say it better, say it differently, how I want to redo it. I've decided I would just much rather pay someone else to suffer through it. In my videos, I am camera on. I have my face visible in my videos. I talk a lot with my hands, which makes this podcast really interesting for me because I'm over here flailing my arms around and nobody can see it. But I decided for the videos, I wanted people to see it. I wanted them to see my nervousness, to see my expressions, and to see that while I may not be the best presenter and I've never made it through more than like three sessions of Toastmasters, I really want to create good content and I really want to be a helpful person. If you're not comfortable having your face on camera and being on display, fantastic. Turn off your camera. If you're at all inclined, I recommend YouTube videos. If you're not, totally fine. Other things that I'm glad I did that you can do that are low cost. I told everyone that I had room for a referral. I didn't ask for referrals. I didn't say that I was broke. I just said, hey, I have capacity if you hear of anybody who could use a bookkeeper. Just simple, subtle. Hey, just letting you know I have capacity. It's the kind of thing you can slip in a conversation when talking to clients and other business owners, as well as your friends who are social. Um, I'm actually pretty social as long as it doesn't require pants or leaving my house. I called everyone back. That takes a lot of effort for me. When I get a voicemail that says, hey, this is John Doe. I want to talk to you about bookkeeping. My number is 555-1212. I just psych myself up and really get ready to make that phone call back where I'm like, hey, this is Rachel from Gentle Frog. I'm not calling to sell you anything. I'm actually just returning your phone call. That was then. What I do now is that I use Reception HQ. So when people call me, it goes to an answering service or a virtual receptionist. The virtual receptionist will book people on my calendar and I don't have to psych myself up to make the return phone calls. It's free to make a return phone call, but for me, anxiety inducing. Having people scheduled as a Zoom phone call with a defined start and ending time, that I can do. I take a little walk, I stand outside on the deck, and then I come back and I'm refreshed and I'm ready. I've also set up Acuity to limit the number of phone calls that I take in a given day to prevent me from getting overwhelmed from selling myself and talking to strangers. I followed up on every lead. That's super awkward. If I talk to somebody and we have a good conversation and I send them a follow-up email and they don't say anything after that, I really want to say to myself, well, gosh, I guess they don't need me. At the time and for many, many years, I had an amazing she describes herself as a CRM manager. I would describe her as a 
coach, a forceful, mean European lady who would tell me what to do, I had Nina. If you're ever looking for a person, having Nina specifically or a person like her is invaluable. Nina would get copied on all of my outgoing messages. So when I sent a follow-up to someone, she'd get copied. She would put follow-up with that person as a task in our CRM. She would keep track of how long it took for me to follow up, how long it took for people to buy or not buy. She tracked everything. Because she tracked everything, she magically would know if I didn't do my follow-ups. And so when I say I followed up on every lead, I'm going to tell you I really did follow up on every lead. And also sometimes I didn't want to. So I would have Nina, located in Europe, messaging me and saying, hey, I noticed you haven't followed up on this because I didn't get a a copy of a follow-up email. Did you follow up and forget to tell me? Or did you think that I just wasn't going to notice that you weren't following up? I'm now much better at my follow-ups. I'm no longer afraid to follow up with people like I was. I really, I just didn't want the rejection. I wanted to take it as a sign. That person didn't hire me. They obviously didn't need me. Nina paid for herself many times over by encouraging, and by this I mean practically forcing, me to follow up. I will encourage you to follow up on every lead. If that person doesn't respond to you, check with them again. I know that it feels awkward, but it's not pushy. It's pushy if you follow up over and over again, or if you send messages on two platforms and a text. But the reason you even have a conversation to follow up on is because you had a conversation in the first place. Because that person was interested in something that you offer or something that you do. The person wasn't bored and looking for a pen pal. They were like, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing. So reach out, follow up. I absolutely would have bought more things from more people if they followed up. If you're not sure how and when to follow up, if you need a pep talk, there's a book that I recommend by Pacific Northwest kind of Seattle author. The author's name is Nikki Rausch. The book is called Buying Signals, How to Spot the Green Light and Increase Sales. It's a very fast read by a very nice lady. I love this book. She basically just simplifies things. Where somebody wants to buy from you, did you hear it? Did you see it? Did you notice it? Are you making it easy for them to buy from you? Are you giving them away? Are you giving them permission? I'm not going to recommend a lot of books, but I will recommend books that I'm really, really happy that I've bought and read. Buying Signals is one of them. It's also the kind of book that I have gently, privately, nicely, and with love purchased and had shipped to my friends' and mentees' homes. When I work with a new bookkeeper, I'm kind of helping them and, and I can hear that they could benefit from a little pep talk about sales. I send this book to them and I'm like, well, if they read it and like it, fantastic. And if it goes to the local Goodwill, also fantastic. My next thing I want to talk about is to participate in various Facebook groups, in groups with other bookkeepers, because I think it's tremendous to get to know as a human, get to know other bookkeepers, make friends with people in the industry, refer bad fits back and forth, share ideas, but also participate in Facebook groups where your ideal clients are. What do you like? Do you like short-term rentals? Go participate in short-term rental groups. Don't go in there and spam everyone with your stuff, but try to give useful and thoughtful answers. You like dog sitting? Fantastic. Go find a dog sitting group. Reddit's a good place for this. Participate, be active, be a cheerleader, be a supportive person. Be somebody that a different person will want to click on the profile and get to know you more. Last but not least is get to know the vendors for software that you like. 
If there is a software you like, there is a sales rep or a founder of the software. There's going to be people behind the scenes for that software. Real amazing humans who know other real amazing humans. I make a point to get to know them, to have very, very short, awkward coffee catch-up calls every so often. I'm not exceptionally chatty. I'm not going to wrangle someone into a phone call for 30 minutes just for the sake of doing it. But I will send messages, how you doing? Saw this thing, happy whatever. Maybe hop on a 10-minute coffee call and just say, hey, just wanted to catch up and see how life's going. Like, you know, how's the weather in your city? What events have you gone to lately? Getting to know vendors is a big deal. If you ever get stuck, you'll be glad you have somebody on the inside who can help you. But also, these are people who know other bookkeepers and these are people who know small businesses. A lot of times when I talk about referrals, I'm talking about, you know, people who know you and when they hear of someone who needs the thing you offer, then they think about you. The same is true in reverse. You need to get to know other people so that when you hear of a client or a prospective client that needs a thing, and for any reason that's not your jam, you'll be able to offer a solution of, hey, go check out the software or go talk to this human or here's some options. I don't think I'm the right fit for you, but I want to pass your name along. For me, passing the name along of other people has benefited me in ways that I can't even comprehend. I have developed good relationships with people and clients who haven't been a good fit for me that I've passed along have remembered my name and referred me out to other people, even if it's just as a resource. Like, hey, you need a bookkeeper? I don't know if Rachel can help you or not, but give her a call because if she can't help you, she probably knows someone and be a whole lot faster than spending a bunch of time on Google. I hope this has been helpful. I really want to know, what have you done? What have you done that you really liked that you're glad you've done? What have you done, like my postcards, that you've thought, if I could go back in time and save that money and that time, I would totally do it. Hop into the Facebook group and let me know. If there are other topics that you want to hear me cover, please don't hesitate to let me know. My goal for this podcast is to provide a place for the small bookkeeper to talk to the small bookkeeper. I realize that I have a team of people, but really the bookkeeping side of my business is me on training and Megan on bookkeeping. I do a little bit of bookkeeping to help her. She gives me support behind the scenes on training. When I get stuck, I need to bounce ideas off people. Beyond that, my team is people like the podcast editor and people like the video editor. People who are kind enough to help me for pay on a very limited and very small scale. I very much consider myself and my business to be a small bookkeeping business. I want to speak to the business like myself who could just use like pep talk and real talk and advice and laughs and whatever else. If you have ideas that you want to share and you want to hang out on the podcast with me, let me know. Let's schedule a time for us to hop on Zoom, record the call, have it edited thankfully, and then send it out. I'm all for the sharing of ideas and the promoting of people. Thank you so much.